Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today is episode 99, brought to you by Blue Day Design and Design Cuts, a place where you can get all of your graphic design resources from textures to mock-ups and more. Also, if you purchase anything through Design Cuts, use the link in the description of this podcast. That is an affiliate link, and that way you'll be helping out the podcast. So today is actually Christmas Day, so if you're watching this on Christmas Day, congratulations, that is awesome, um, and, and well done for watching it on Christmas Day. If you're watching it in the future, thank you very much for your watching, thank you for your support, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Today's episode is with Panda Design Co, Roxy and Phoebe. These are two awesome women that are passionate about design, talented in hand lettering, and they've got their own podcast, Drunk on Lettering. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Nice. Um, so can we start off with who you are, what you do, what you both do, and then uh, how, how you met, and your story, your background, how you got into lettering and everything, really? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Phoebe, you want to tell everyone who you are? Yeah, my name's Phoebe, and I, uh, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> uh, I, I run Pander Design Co. with Roxy Prima, and uh, that is a design muraling, whatever you want to call it, studio out of uh, San Diego, California. Mm. And I'm originally from Philadelphia, though. Uh, I grew up on the East Coast and moved out here after college and worked in the action sports industry and got a little uh, bored and just, you know, sick of sitting at a computer all the time. So, um, you know, where does everyone our age go? Instagram. So that's actually how I met Roxy. I reached out to her and we started a lettering meetup group in San Diego called San Diego Letters. And then uh, I'll let her tell the rest of the story, how it, how it kind of spiraled out of control. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Roxy. I grew up in California, in Southern California. And, you know, it took me a while to figure out that I wanted to be a designer. I was in college for a few years and then, you know, dropped out for a little bit and then went back and took a design class and fell in love with it and started pursuing design. And when I got out of school, I, again, had no idea what I wanted to do within design because as we know, there's like so many different paths you can go down. And I kind of missed my roots of drawing and doing things by hand. So I started doing lettering, um, doing hand lettering, posting it on Instagram and started connecting with all these amazing people that I still follow and are friends with today, many of whom have been on our podcast um, and started building a following, started working a full-time design job that I hated and just was doing a ton of freelance on top of that with the goal of eventually being freelance. And around that time, that's when I met Phoebe. So we started this meetup group hosting monthly events in San Diego and then we, you know, we're collaborating on planning and doing branding and event prep and stuff. And we found we really liked working together. And we were both kind of at a breaking point with our full-time jobs. We got offered a mural gig that, which we dreamed of doing murals and um, had no idea how to do one. Said, yes, we can do it. And then we it, shortly thereafter quit our jobs. So what, made, what was the like, breaking point? What, what, why, did you, why didn't you like your jobs? And what was the point where you realized well, you them? Roxy has like that you know pinnacle moment yeah well yeah so I was doing as much freelance as possible on top of my full-time job and there was a day when you know I pretended I was sick called into work and stayed home to catch up on my freelance because I had so much freelance to do 
And in that day of just working on my freelance all day, I was able to make more than I would normally in two weeks at my job. It's crazy. Yeah. So at that point I was like, I'm losing money by having a full-time job. (laughs) So I didn't really take much. Like I didn't expect Phoebe to quit her job either. It was just like, I was just like, yep, I'm doing it. I don't care. And then we started getting more freelance jobs together and Phoebe had kind of hit a glass ceiling at her job. So it was like, yeah, I mean, why not? Like, what's the worst that can happen? That's kind of always our mentality is like, let's just try. And if we fail completely, then, you know, we can do something else. So I don't know. I wasn't really that scared about it. <laughs> I thought some yeah. distance being though, like being able to do that and just, just yeah. say, yeah, right. New, new chapter. That's great. That's yeah. Really- <laughs> it was nice having her test the waters for, yeah. I guess it was like three or four months before I did and uh, quickly yeah, followed her. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm sick of being stuck at my job while you're out there. Like, you know, you can go to the coffee shop whenever you want. So, <laughs> yeah, I followed suit. So what's, what's the best thing about working with each other? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's just great. I mean, I think a lot of other designers kind of envy the relationship that we have because we get to do – we can do twice as much work together because there's two of us. We also, like, can constantly be there to give feedback and bounce ideas off each other and – you know, game plan of like, okay, this person sent an email that's kind of weird. How do we respond? And we can talk about everything together instead of being in our own heads and also doing the not so fun stuff, like being able to be like, okay, I'll do this shitty thing if you do that shitty thing. <laughs> yeah. That like counts and like boring stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, have, have you ever had any disagreements or anything? Had anything ever gone really badly between you two? Uh, knock on wood. Well, uh, there was that one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing so far. I yeah, people always want to know if we ever fight, but yeah, it's it's not really nothing major. No, we have really good communication and we learned early on that being in a business partnership is like being married, so like trust, communication, like all that stuff is really really important. Mm-hmm. And also just having our goals be aligned, like we both want to like take this thing as far as we possibly can. So both being on the same page is just really important. So well, what, like, what is next for you guys? Like, what, what are you doing to constantly keep going and constantly improving? Yeah, we're pretty financially driven, so our goals come in with zeros at the end of them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, we we run a business webinar slash in-person workshop called Clueless to 100K. So uh, initially our goal was to make $100,000 each a year, uh, which we surpassed this year. So Congratulations. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, thanks. So, you know, figuring out what that number should be for each of us for 2019 and, you know, eventually being millionaires and all these things that you don't, you don't think that you can do as a creative and, um, you know, owning that Tesla or having an ocean, <laughs> oceanfront house, like that's kind of the stuff that we, we dangle in front of ourselves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but, we basically want to prove that we can do anything. <laughs> That's crazy being able to make that that sort of money like with, with with design. Like everyone, everyone thinks art and design. You're never going to make any money out of that. But then, yeah, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a mission to change that. <laughs> I broke you off. Sorry, I, I I interrupted you. What were you saying? Oh, it's yeah, it's our mission to change that. But um, we also have goals for our our business in that we want to, in order to make those numbers, we want to scale. So. Mm. 
uh, right now it's or it's been two of us plus um, our employee Shanley and then uh, we have a few other assistants here and there but yeah we're doing all the the manual labor which we've learned that it's just going to be impossible for us to fly all over and do every mural every day that mm -hmm. anyone wants us to so um, scaling in terms of having people across the country or across the globe, maybe over in your area, um, yeah. on call and ready to go when we have a mural job. So that's the next plan. Nice. That's a good, so like more of an agency having people, people like overseas ask us. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. I also sort of how, so I want to design, like, build my own design agency as well. And I've always wondered how, how it's going to grow and how quickly it's going to take off and everything that's, what do you guys think at the start? And do you have any self-doubt or any any like, real issues with that? I mean, you sort of came into it when you with, with load of with load of clients anyway with with your stuff um, before you left your job. Um, yeah, we've definitely had doubts. I think that's another benefit of having each other. Usually, it's like when one of us is freaking out, the other one is like, "No, we got this. Yeah. We can do it." And then vice versa. So the first year of our business was a big struggle like we look back and we're like how did we survive that year like we were making no money and we didn't know how to get clients or anything so but for some reason i think just having our partnership we just build each other up and are like no let's keep trying let's do this let's do something different and it's worked out thus far so i mean i don't really have really any doubts at this point yeah not at this point but definitely in the beginning um you know, you, you get scared about the money. So you take stupid jobs that you wouldn't necessarily yes. take otherwise. And then you end up kicking yourself because it wasn't really fulfilling or, you know, something bad happened. But uh, because we have tried so many really weird and crazy ideas and some people have said yes to those, it's kind of just made us full on believers that like anything is possible. So, no matter how crazy it is it doesn't hurt to ask so yeah yeah that's where it's easy it, i don't feel like doubting anymore because like some of our wackiest ideas have gone through nice <laughs> uh with, with the um finding each other on instagram and a lot, i think a lot of people who know you will know the story of you finding each other could you like quickly gloss over it and, and like oh, yeah. how, how to find a good partner yeah so uh i, I wouldn't say it's the way to find a good partner but um <laughs> Yeah, I, I literally just saw that Roxy had a decent following in, in San Diego. I think she had around like 15K at that point. And I was like, wow, she's a celebrity. She's so cool. <laughs> and, you know, posting these at this point, that was before pre-iPad days. So it was like all sketches and on like post-it notes and on Converse sneakers or whatever. It's like, wow, this girl's so cool. And she's doing all this stuff. Uh, so I, I slid into her DMs. And, you know, thinking like, that was like my first celebrity, like to, appro to approach, <laughs> like, oh, she's never going to respond. And then uh, she did and was like, yeah, let's grab drinks. And then it worked out that she was, yeah, within, you know, my age range. And then we both enjoy drinking wine and she lived like, you know, fairly close to me. So it, it kind of made it easy to be a friendship first. And, you know, we, we did meet up for wine and cheese and all that. And that's kind of what has spawned the, spawned the pod, uh, podcast. But, you know, over drinks and stuff, we were just chit-chatting about like, 
oh, who do you follow? Uh, what's like, what's been like an annoying thing that you've seen on Instagram lately or just like talk shit like that when <laughs> you <laughs> like real people in the real world, you don't get to talk to about that kind of thing. Yeah, that's and, good. Sorry, go on. Yeah, you go. Oh, no. Well, I was just going to say like, for us, the, the main thing that's good for us of being partners is that when, is that we are so similar in so many ways, especially with like the kinds of work we want to do. Mm -hmm. But also as far as the business side, I think we've been so successful because we both knew absolutely nothing about business when we got together. So everything that we learned, we learned together through the same experiences and through working with our business coach and going to different conferences and stuff. So we are always on the same page because we learned everything together. Whereas we've talked to other um, pairs that work together as business partners, most of whom are male and they, they would say that their benefits of being partners is because they are so different and they have opposing skills and that helps them work together well. So I think it's different for everything, but for us, the things that bring us together is just that we are so similar. Yeah. So basically, there's no mathematic formula for finding your business partner. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that before. I was speaking to a couple of people uh, about this, uh, finding your partner. And it's just, yeah, like you say, it's just, it's, you can meet someone that you find them cool, and then you just start chatting, and then you hit it off, and then it comes together. That's it. Yeah. And, um, like, it depends. It's all about timing, too. Like, um, yeah. you know, if, if I had caught Roxy like in 10 years when maybe she's like having a baby and getting married, her goals might not like be necessarily aligned with, you know, <laughs> in our... 10 years, if I'm 40, having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, it's yeah. We're just totally on the same path and like t in time, time, uh, timeline of things. So that's why it makes sense. Yeah. But, you know, and like, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you yeah. understand each other like, as people as well, not just designers. Yeah. You wouldn't think Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg would be like the ultimate duo, but they've, right. they've worked out together, so. Yeah. I was going to come on to the Instagram, uh, Instagram annoyances and the people things that annoy you on Instagram. Um, yeah. But, like, in, as well as hand lettering, what really annoys you? <laughs> like, in, in, in both subjects. Not, not mean like hand lettering annoys you. I mean like, yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah, I, copycats are obviously yeah. Like, you just when you can tell that someone hasn't tried to go get too different from the original um, master of whatever that piece was. So it's like, all right, push it a little further, do your own thing. But I, yeah, that's always just annoying to see. Um, it's annoying. Like I feel like a jerk for thinking this is annoying, but it seriously drives both of us crazy. People asking like just the same questions over and over and over and over and over and over that we've addressed like tons of times. Like there will be a photo with a paint can. Like the paint can is in the photo with the label in the front and people are like, what kind of paint do you use? And it's just like, you know, I don't know, like, or it'll be a mural that the location is tagged and it says, the, mm -hmm. This mural is at this location. People will be like, where is this mural? And someone else has already commented asking and I've already answered the previous person and I just have to respond and be like, the location is tagged and it's in the caption. Like, can you read? Like, what's Yeah, going on? do a little bit of digging and you'll be able to find the answer. So yeah, people not doing their research is kind of annoying. <laughs> you know, that's why I could, like, just because it's Instagram and everyone's going so quickly and just trying to get yeah. through, scrolling through and just seeing things. True. It's a fast paced world, this social media stuff. Um, yeah, but when like 10 people are asking a day what kind of paint you use, you kind of want to bang your head against the wall. <laughs>
there's uh, the one thing that annoys me at the moment is have you seen those sort of accounts where they just post other people's work? Yeah. And then they, and then they say in the in the in the description of the post, come to us for free, come to us for for logo design, come to us for hand lettering. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, they comment. They either like put the hashtags before the the person's work, like so they they give credit to the work, but they put it right yeah. at the bottom. Or it's really unfair. I've got yeah. I've messaged a few of them, yeah. but they got so many followers because it's just good work. It's a place to see good yeah. work. Yeah, they're taking they, credit for other people's work. Yeah, uh, like playing on the back of playing on the back of that and yeah, and gaming gaming work because they're posting about other people's work. It's yeah, it's really up. frustrating. Yeah, let's take it out. I think Instagram should somehow step in there. I think that's a bit unfair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's really Is there anything in hand lettering that annoys you? Like any certain things people do wrong? Like, like Comic Sans or like, people <laughs> using Comic Sans or, or like... Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I just... Any people that annoy you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's definitely... <laughs> we can't definitely talk about that. Honest, but we can't... Yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about that, but... um. We, I don't know, I just like seeing the same thing over and over, like when certain people are really good at one thing, but they never expand and it's just like the same thing over and over and over. It's like, oh, I'd love to see you just like try a little bit. Or I think a lot of people are stunted by wanting to be perfect and like only posting the best stuff and it ends up just being the same thing over and over and like never experimenting or like going outside their comfort zone. Like, I feel like that's what Instagram is all about. It's just like it's not serious, just put it out there, see if people like it. If not, like, you know, who cares? Or blatantly posting things just to get likes. You know, they're, it's just clearly for Instagram and they're, there was, they don't actually care about the phrase or the say, I, yeah, there's stuff like that that's we see. Yeah, so getting like, getting your personality and getting work and getting your um, your thoughts actually into the piece, that's, that's like tips, yeah. that's something to do. Because you, you two like put a lot of color and a lot of like, energy into your work. Like, how do you how do you go about it? And do you think about it regularly? Or um, yeah, we just kind of do our our thing. Like just comes out. Just comes out of the brain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's come a long way. I think it took us both a while to develop our own styles individually and together. But it just comes through literally drawing every single day and posting every day and like just being dedicated to that. I think that's the only way you can really develop your style is just by trying new things, seeing what you like, you know, we get bored easily. So we're constantly trying to uh, experiment and do something new. You know, we get clients that see a lot of our existing work and they want just that same thing repeated. So we'll try to trick them and, and change it a little bit so that we can, you know, ha have something fun to do. For, you have to entertain yourself as well. I guess it's the thing that everyone keeps talking about is if you put work out there, more work like that's going to come, come to you. Mm -hmm. And if people yeah. see that, they want something for their brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's been your favorite thing about the podcast? Favorite thing about starting the podcast? Mm. Well, Wait, our favorite thing about this, the whole podcast? Yeah, yeah. That's hard. Uh, I think, well, it's just our downtime. So it's, it's exciting and fun for us to, like, we look forward to that chunk of the day or um, it's usually one day of every two weeks that we look forward to because we get to goof off and, uh, you know, laugh and drink wine and, and just, you know, connect with someone 
like yourself across Skype or Zoom or whatever. So it's, it's fun in that way. Um, what about you, Rox? Yeah, I think just connecting with the people that we interview, because like so many times we'll, we will ask someone, we'll DM them and be like, hey, we'd love to get you on our podcast because we're obsessed with our work. And we just expect them to not respond or to just be like, no, I'm way too busy. I'm a big deal. Don't yeah. you know that? <laughs> a lot of times they say yes. And we get to talk to these people that we're just like, oh my God, we're so obsessed with them. And like build a friendship with these people that we put on a pedestal originally, like, um, we haven't publicized it yet, but we're having a live show in San Diego in January and Eric Marinovich is going to be on stage with us. We're going to be nice. interviewing him and like, he's one of, been one of my idols for so long. For sure. Yeah. And having him on the podcast over Skype and then now getting to do one in real life, is just like, we, we never would have ever been able to talk to him without this podcast. Those are one of the, that's one of the crazy ideas that we're like, oh, let's just try it. And then people started saying yes. And it, we got away with it. <laughs> people are really kind. I mean, and especially in this creative world, it tends to be a lot more kind people and just open to sharing. And it's, it's really, really amazing. Actually, if you just ask, like say, yeah, it's crazy. You can get on the podcast and just chat to you. I think in one of your episodes, you mentioned that you started the podcast to, just to talk to people you wouldn't be able to talk to normally. Like they come on your show and get access to them. Yes, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's yeah, a really good reason to start it. With yeah. with the podcast though, with, do you have a look at other people and and sort of get too competitive or, or worry about other people or, or you're just in your own lane sourcing out? Yeah. <laughs> no, we don't worry about <laughs> anyone else. No. Just because like we are kind of a little bit wild and we just always do our own thing and like things that people might you know, we have had a, like a decent amount of haters with our podcast, especially in the beginning. And I don't know, like it, it is a bummer, but it never has deterred us. And like, I feel like there's not really many people that would be brave enough to record themselves drunk and put it on the internet every mm -hmm. week. So I'm not really worried about anyone like, I don't know, being a competition or anything, because I feel like everything we do is just so authentic to ourselves. Yeah. But even like you look at other people on Instagram, do you, cause you're seeing like you're on Instagram all the time. Like, do you look at other people and think their work's amazing and like sort of self-doubt in that sense or? No, because. Nah. <laughs> That's good though. That's amazing. I, I sound like the, the most confident person or maybe coffee person in the world. But yeah, like, again, we're not going to name names, but just through the podcast and just, and through conferences and through meeting people in real life, meeting people in real life in this, whole crazy whirlwind that we've been through like some of the people that you think are the most famous and uh doing the the best are actually the biggest losers so <laughs> like they actually it's like a facade so yeah we've learned that there's really no point in idolizing anyone like we just need to focus on our like if we want to attain our goals we just need to think about like competing with ourselves and like you know we made x amount of money this year let's make let's double it next year we yeah. our biggest job was you know this much let's take it to the next level so i mean of, of course in the beginning we did idolize people and are like oh they're so good i'm never going to be on their level but i feel like we we've improved and gone up so much more than we ever thought we could so it's just like everything is just a bonus at this point 
And of course, yeah, we've been disappointed by a lot of people. What Roxy said, but we've also been really amazingly surprised by a lot of people. So the whole world doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, like I mentioned, there's a lot more good people. I went to Crazy South last year. Uh, well, this year actually, 2018, and yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing. So many cool people. They're just yeah. friendly and, and it's a really nice environment to be around. I think it's the most relaxed I've ever been. Like just, That's just awesome. yeah, it's incredible. Um, yeah. But. Yeah, so what, what what stuff have you learned from doing the podcast? Uh, about recording, about podcasting, or about people, or about designers, or just... Well, we learned that we have no idea how to do any audio stuff, nor do we care to, so... How do you do that? Like, what's going on? 120-odd episodes, like, what? you must know something about it. Yeah, well, we, we finally hired a producer, so he yeah. does all of it, and... Yeah. Uh, like, seven months ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so he takes care of it. In the beginning, we learned to yeah double record because <laughs> you know uh, GarageBand was how we were recording it initially. It doesn't always do its job, so we've lost a few episodes and had to send uh, "We're sorry" presents or gifts to you know coax them into not hating us. And what else? I guess we've, we've gotten good at like just talking to strangers because this, yeah. co- this could be a really awkward situation. Like just yeah, yeah. each other's offices and staring at each other directly in the computer screen. So it forces you to be good at, uh, at chatting and asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the podcast definitely led to us speaking at conferences, which was not something that was really on our radar. But I think people started hearing our voice every week and thought mm-hmm. that we do it so then <laughs> we started doing it and now that's a part of our business that we really love doing as well and a different way to connect with people yeah. um but yeah like the most the biggest thing i think i've learned from the podcast is just like if you have something that you want to do even if you don't know how to do it just start doing it because if we had waited till our audio quality was perfect and we knew how to get our podcast on itunes like we mm-hmm. would have given up and never would have done it but we were just like, let's just start asking people to interview them. Let's start recording it. Let's put it out there. And like, you know, once you put it out on Instagram, you can't really go back. So <laughs> it kind of held us accountable and we had to keep doing it. And now it's been 122 weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, yeah. That's, that's, that's some effort as well. Like, well done. I'm coming yeah. to 100th episode now and it's, it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, yeah. but, uh, I think I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying to do two episodes a week next year. Just, just like I'm living at home with my parents, so and my sister and family, so not having much overhead. So I'm like, well, would it would it be worthwhile doing two episodes a week? Would it? I'm trying to weigh it all up. Um, That's awesome. It's interesting. See how see how it goes. That's usually what we do, so that you like we're putting up two a week. Yeah. Two week. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. You're like really aggressive. Yeah, I don't know. That's Maybe awesome. I've been watching too much, too many motivational videos or something. Well, <laughs> too, we much, look at too much. Or, yeah. yeah. You can do it. You yeah. Know. We know how time consuming it is, but yeah, if you can do it, go for it. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to get the guests on. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is going. What's been. Uh, best well who's been the best guest now on the podcast if, if there's one show you had someone had to listen to oh my god uh who, who what what number would it be or what episode would it be so i i love the episodes that are just off the wall goofy and have no inform information or value to a designer <laughs> but are just for purely entertainment um, yeah. 
Those are my favorites, which I don't think other people would necessarily agree. But um, we love whiskey and branding. That one, like I think of him immediately. You love Eric Moranovich. I love Eric Moranovich's. Um, even we had the creative director or designer from San Diego Padres on, mm -hmm. and her episode was just off the wall goofy. Also, Rachel Joy. Rachel Joy was we a just couple did. weeks ago, and. We were on one that day. Yeah. <laughs> it was at her expense, but we had fun. <laughs> and then what about informational ones? Mm, I mean, Lisa Congdon is an idol of ours, and she's just so sweet. And yeah. she, that one's just inspirational. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, who we talked to, like, numbers and business stuff with. Mm. Well, I like Chad Michaels. Yeah. Uh, Chad Michael, we talk about how he – sent out these um fake liquor bottles that he did the packaging for as promo and cool. a bunch of potential clients and that literally put him on his feet so that was like an interesting strategy to hear about yeah you like when you hear i like when you hear their stories mm -hmm. of like how they got started and mm -hmm. behind the scenes mm -hmm. those wow. are just a few but yeah it's hard there's, yeah. there's so many good ones we, we're perfect every week honestly <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was every week that's good yeah. um <laughs> Uh, what what by what do you do to record it now then? Are you still just on Skype or how are you doing it behind the scenes? Yeah, uh, we record via Skype and I don't know. Chris, Chris, our producer has <laughs> a bunch of um, shout out to at Trunk on producing. He has a bunch of equipment he plugs in and has some kind of recorder through Skype or whatever. And um, occasionally we'll do some in, in person ones mm -hmm. if we're traveling or if someone is in town or something which those are really fun um, and very, very drunky. But um, <laughs> yeah, Chris just does the whole thing. He's great at what he does. We should, we, we don't, we don't really ask questions. <laughs> yeah. Like, he got some good questions, like the cheese ones. He got the, he got the um, favorite, was it, was it, I can't remember what it was now. Walnuts or almonds? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's the one. Um, I, I, was th I was thinking about that when I was listening to the Debbie Millman one and I was thinking, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't like any of those. I was going to go with, with uh, cashew nuts. Oh. I I them, but, um, What's your favorite kind of cheese? I, I'm just basic again. Cheddar. I like it. The strong though. It's, it's just, fantastic for yeah. a reason. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> any client troubles or anything that you would advise for people getting into lettering to stay away from or any red lights or what sort of stuff? Oh yeah, tons. We can we can go on for hours about this. Two, three, go give a few. Yeah, we uh, we hired a lawyer this year, so it's it's been helpful in that we can just send over contracts now to for for him to uh, look over and, and tell us all the the things that we need to negotiate. But if you don't have a lawyer and you have to read through the contracts, well, first of all, definitely read through the contracts, no matter how boring they are. You can always have one. And always have one yourself, yeah. Because anything that will go wrong or can go wrong will go wrong, which we've, we've learned the hard way a, f a few times. So every time that something goes wrong, that meant that, oh, there's something in our contract that like, you know, we really are missing. So we have to go in and add in a little uh, clause about that. So something that like recently happened to us, uh, the client canceled a week before we were supposed to paint the mural and they just like canceled it they don't want the mural anymore so we had in there that 
they don't get, we asked for a 50% deposit upfront. And so we had in there that they, you know, obviously don't get that back. That's non-refundable, but we felt screwed over because they wanted, they weren't going to owe us that second 50%, but it was literally a week before and we had already done all this planning. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you know, now we have a percentage is still due based on how many days out from the, the cancellation uh, from the, when we were supposed to apply it. So having like a scale of that, of that nature is important. Um, what else has been happening recently? <clears throat> yeah, I think just always like, even if you're a new designer, new to freelance, if you're feeling, we always say like, uh Oh, feelings. Like if you're like, okay, that's kind of weird, but you really want the job and you need to get paid. Like it's never worth it. Like if you're getting feelings that are weird up front, don't do it. It's never worth it. And also just knowing your value. Like I, it's, we've gotten to the point where we're really confident in our pricing and we can sell it. And we're like totally fine saying no to a client that is like, Hey, that's out of my budget. And then we're like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Bye. Like, but it took us a while to get to that point. And when we're saying no to clients that can't afford us, like it's just, the universe brings you clients that can't afford you. Like if you're at that point, once you start saying no, you're going to get better clients and just like, I don't know. I, I, I wish we could give our confidence to other designers. Cause I think people will definitely, especially struggle with doing things for free, which we're like, mm. uh, uh, no, don't do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Starting up as well. It's, it's hard to get your feet off, yeah. feet off the ground and get you, get you started. Uh, yeah. Any advice for people starting off and trying to get clients? Yeah, so um, don't do things for free, but if you are going to do something for free, it can be for a nonprofit. Uh, so we did it that way. Like we donated a few murals in the beginning when we wanted a few different in our portfolio, but also we just mocked them up on, on uh, walls and no one asked, is that a real mural somewhere? No one ever asked us that. So mocking everything up really sells it because uh, we believe that clients are dum-dums, like they aren't, <laughs> they're not necessarily creative, so they can't visualize this stuff, so you can't show them a flat logo, like they don't, they're not going to understand how, how that logo is really going to transform their business, so they, you need to mock it up on the storefront, if it's a, a brick and mortar, or on napkins, on coasters, or whatever that, that product might be, uh, just mock everything up and fake it to make it, and lie about everything <laughs> yeah we were just talking about this yesterday because people have been you know we keep hearing people saying like well I can't charge this much or I can't charge anything at all because I don't have experience like I've never painted a mural before but we're like looking at each other like this is not brain surgery like there is no test you have to take to be able to paint a mural like no one's gonna die if you mess up like you can paint over it it's not life or death like if you mock it up and you know you can do it, like hmm. who cares? Like it doesn't matter if you have experience or not. We didn't have experience for our first murals. We did our first mural for Red Bull. And yeah. we told them that we've done a mural before and we had never done a mural. But we're like, we know that like we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it work. We're gonna like, you know, if we spill a gallon of paint, like we're gonna fix it. So like if you have that, you know just work ethic that you're going to get it done and you're going to make sure it's good, then you're going to be fine. It's really not a big deal. I guess people start feeling guilty, don't they, of charging too much. And there's 
the stigma about talking about pricing in, in the design creative world um mm -hmm. what's like a good and it's quite a rough like it could be it could be anything literally based on the way you live and and what the project is for but what's like a good starting point to be charging if you're working for yourself like yeah for yourself and you don't have a job you should be making at least a hundred dollars an hour is what we believe us currency because when you're working for yourself you are in charge of like paying for your insurance paying for your rent like paying for everything it's not just like they're paying for this design work so i would really like challenge designers to stop thinking about what they're taking away from their clients and feeling guilty because our services have value like think about what you're giving to your clients and like you know you're going to impact their business and whatever you're doing with your services you're going to bring in more money for them. So instead of focusing on what you're taking away, think of what you're giving them. And also just, it makes it a lot easier to go after clients that actually have money to spend instead of going for clients that don't have a budget. So like we always say like, no one needs a mural. No one needs a mural. Everyone needs a logo. There's plenty of design services that every business needs, but no, no business on the planet needs a mural. But yet Phoebe and I are able to charge tens of thousands of dollars for people to give us, to let us paint murals. So you have to be able to sell yourself. If you don't feel like your services have value, then your clients aren't either and you're never going to be able to sell it. And also the value of money is so subjective. Like a thousand dollars to one person might be like the most money ever, but to another person, it might be like nothing. And they might say like, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so we, $100 an hour and then aiming for $8,333 a month, which will equate to $100,000 a year. And then for, if you're uh, part-time, you know, freelancing on the side of your full-time job, which extra props to those people. Um, who's say 25? Yeah. yeah. Try to aim for 25K in uh, a, year. a year in uh, freelance work. Um, yeah. And, you know, have minimums for projects too. Uh, we learned that also the hard way by um, doing a mural for $600 and it took us six hours. And at the end we're like, that's really dumb. That was a hundred an hour and then split between the two of us supplies. and supplies and taxes and everything. So, um, yeah, we realized we need to have stand like standard minimums for each of our jobs and have that number like ready to go. And, when people ask you yeah okay i guess i guess again it's it's like that that confidence having that confidence to charge that much and believe in yourself um mm -hmm. it's one thing that a lot of young designers struggle with uh, and i've struggled with it probably still do struggle with it and finding the clients that actually are willing to pay that money rather than yeah. like red bull your first project like how, how did that come around <laughs> that was really lucky in that um my roommate worked for red bull and uh -huh. so yeah, I just was telling her how much we wanted to paint a mural and she was like, oh, we need one of those. Um, that's something we do all the time is talk about what yeah. projects we want to do, what companies we want to work for. Like we're always saying like, we want a TV show and put it on our podcast and put it on our Instagram. And like the more people that hear what you want to do, there's going to be someone that like, uh, it's going to like a light bulb's going to go off and they're going to be like, oh, I need that. So yeah. just like constantly be thinking of the different projects and clients you want to work with and just put it out there. And 50% of our clients aren't coming to us. We're going to them because we are stalkers. And <laughs> we know the industries that work well for us. So um, 
yeah, and it'll obviously be different in everyone's case, but for us, it's, you know, anyone that has an outdoor or indoor, I guess, space, but shopping centers, restaurants, anywhere where people are gathering, because we market our murals as social media moments. So we know that these businesses need, our need. I'm doing air quotes right now, mm -hmm. our, our services. So we email like, you know, every single restaurant or every single mall in San Diego. And then when we uh, finish off San Diego, we go to Los Angeles. And then we do like, we want to paint a mural in every state in the United States. So nice. we are just like constantly like, you know, off the list. And it's a lot of work. I mean, we sent, we're sending out like hundreds and thousands of emails, but you know, it's something you can do while watching TV. So, and we're never it's kind of fun. We're doing all that work and it's a lot, but we are never at a loss for clients. Like there's no point where we're like, Oh my God, we have no clients. What are we going to do? Because we're constantly doing outreach every week, every like almost every single day we're going on phone calls to introduce ourselves to clients who they might not be ready to work with us now, but now they know who we are and they're going to think about us in the future if they do decide they want a mural. So just like the more people you tell what you're doing, the easier it's going to be to get clients. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What, what's in the emails? Though? Like, what do you write? Cause that's, that'd be the next question people ask you. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we don't want to come off like desperate for work. So instead of positioning yourself that way, we say, Hi, um, I'm Phoebe and Roxy, or we're Phoebe and Roxy. We run Panda Design Co. We came across your business and love what you're doing. Like, you know, flirt with them a little bit. And we thought uh, we'd reach out. And then you go on into like a little bit about us, blah, blah, blah. We do this, this, and this. And we think it would be really cool to have in your space. Um, attached are two presentations. So we have these PDF presentations of all of our work. And because we're graphic designers, they look great. And uh, yeah, attach those so then they can quickly browse through if they want. Some people will, some people won't. Um, and then we say, would you be open to hopping on a quick phone call? And then they usually don't respond. So then um, a week later, you email them again and you say, hi, I just want to make sure you, you got my last email. I would love to connect. So you're just being like a, a pushy salesperson um, and it's totally normal. Every other industry does this besides creatives. So yeah, it's, it's called sales. Yeah. <laughs> Is that because like, we tend to be introverts or tend to be sort of people that stick to themselves and don't want to reach out? Yeah, that's the stereotype. I mean, yeah. we are like the creative brain side, so we're not really like the you know, numbers, yeah. sales side. But um, now that we've become entrepreneurs and businesswomen, that's like honestly more fulfilling to us than the design side at this point. So like a lot of people tell us like, I'm just really happy like being really poor and being able to do work that I love because I love my work. And I'm like, well, I love my work too, but I also don't have to worry about making rent. Like yeah. it, it, it's just as much if not more enjoyable when you're actually charging good money for your services and are able to have this crazy thing called a savings account like you know um so i think that's just a little bit of an excuse and maybe a crutch for people saying like oh i'm i'm just fulfilled by my work i don't need to make money or just like the desire to wanting to feel in control like i i can just remember when like sitting at my laptop and like panicking because yeah, we had no client or not many clients that month. 
So it's like, why, why even feel that way when you can just be doing outreach and contacting these people and then you're in control and you don't have to feel like totally helpless and, and freaking out over your bank account. And it's easier to say no to clients that are red flag clients because you know that, okay, there's these other people that responded to me. I don't need to work with this person that seems like they're going to be a terrible client because there's, you just come to a point where you realize there's like unlimited people to work with. And, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can't think about making a hundred thousand pounds or dollars a year. That's crazy amount of money for me. Yeah, um, yeah. I promise we were scared shitless and we were like, there's yeah. no way we could make that much. And two years later, we're well surpassed that. <laughs> so it's very yeah. possible. Finally, three, three last questions to ask everyone. Uh, first of all, what's your best advice to creatives? If you haven't given it already. <laughs> I know. Plan is better than perfect. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a big one. one for us. Like, we just see so many people being like, I really want to do this, but I'm not ready. Or like, it's not perfect. I need to keep working on it. I need to keep working on it. And by the time they actually start it, Phoebe and I have already started like three projects, like three mm -hmm. different side hustles. And are like, you know, by the time they start, we've already learned so much more just through doing. And we're like, well surpassed. So... Don't be afraid to just like put yourself out there, do something, even if you're not perfect. Like you learn so much more by actually doing it. Yeah. Agreed. Learn on the job. I like it. Yeah. Um, we watch your best purchase under a hundred dollars. Apple pencil. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Just under. <laughs> I mean, we use those every day. That's true. I'm trying to think of a different one. So I don't know. <laughs> oh, a massage. Oh my God. Yeah. We get those a lot. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's yeah, good. We um, well, how do you want to be remembered? It's the last question. What, what did you say? How do you oh. want to be remembered? Oh. Yeah. Um, mm, queen of the world? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would want us to be remembered as just, um, like, two brilliant entrepreneurs <laughs> that changed the face of design forever <laughs> yeah we're really modest yeah <laughs> i like it though. ambitious that's the word um where can people find you and say hello and, and check out the podcast and all that good stuff oh hi guys yeah the, the <laughs> podcast is called drunk on lettering and it's on soundcloud itunes google play stitcher and then you can also look at it on instagram uh and then our business together is called Pander Design Co. P-A-N-D-R. And then our individual Instagrams, it's like such a long <laughs> list. Uh, mine is Fevers with three O's. It's really annoying. And then Roxy's is Roxy Prima. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> we always do that. <laughs> Thank you very much for watching this episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. You can go back to your Christmas Day turkey and mince pies and Brussels sprouts and all that stuff. If you're watching in the future, thank you again. Also, if you want a Crazy Waffle pin badge like this, you can leave a little review on iTunes, send me a DM once you've done that, and I'll get one out to you. Thank you very much for watching this episode, as always. It really does mean a lot to me. 99 episodes now. It's crazy. I'll see you in the next one. <laughs>